0: primary function of innovation is to make sure you know what problems you're solving for and where you're adding value. It always, always, always comes back to, to adding value. And then secondarily to that is coming up with a solution. And that is, you can, you can argue that creativity is, is involved in both phases um, because you have to creatively think of why, what is wrong with the business or where can we improve the business?
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Edit Undo podcast. We have got a great guest today um, who operates in a space that I'm pretty interested in, although I've never played around in it. Um, But more importantly, he is my partner in crime in all of the interesting side projects that I like to do at work. and so today we are speaking to Chart Bester. He is a innovation lead, but he sort of comes from an ele- um, electrical engineering background, um, which he studied at the University of Pretoria. And he has been in some very interesting spaces leading up to here, from working on submarine hardware to working on um, hardware for planes and drones. I mean, it's been a very... A very interesting um, journey, at least from what it sounds like. So I'm quite keen to to get to dive into that. But before we do, Chart, welcome to the show.
0: Alfie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing.
2: So for those of you that are listening um, and you can't see, but uh, Chart is actually wearing a very bright pink Gown. I don't know if you want to tell us the story behind this, if there's a specific reason. There
0: there is, in fact, Stephanie, thank you for bringing that up so early on. Um, (laughs) No, I I, I was cold, I'm at home, and I don't want to wear a jacket. And I had the the two gowns, and I decided, well, you know, I'm going to be eccentric (laughs) and choose the nice, fluffier gown. It is admittedly, it is. It's my fiance, so you know, I can't, I can't take credit for for it being my own. But, um, but yes, no, it's it's as simple as that. I'm, I'm cold and it's mm-hmm. comfy. So,
1: for the you know, sake of it the eccentric like cool, persona, cool chill
0: vibes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. We'll say that as yours.
1: I'm eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> um, but look, I think nice. I mean, what we've been working together for, going on eight months now. I think, something like that. Mm. Um, And I think this, you know, kind of leading up to this was the first time I actually chatted with you in a little bit more detail about your background. And it is interesting to say the least. So I think it'd be interesting to sort (laughs) of maybe start from, you know, Mm -hmm. your kind of from your study, your, your like your studies, like where did you kind of like start off and how did you get into the space that you are? Because I think, you know, everybody, especially in the digital space, likes to believe that they are innovative and <laughs> like all of their ideas are going to be the next Uber or the next Facebook um and that is really the case but not that many of the people know somebody who's actually in charge of innovation like that is in your job description and so how did you how did you actually end up there like what did that journey look like
0: um it admittedly it it was it was a lot of luck was involved um but I think a, a, a very good friend of mine said that um, opportunity is going to come knocking. Then you can make sure you're ready for it. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's Alfie. I'm talking about Alfie. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I started off as an electronic engineer. Thank you very huh. much, Alfie, not an electrical engineer. Sorry. That's like saying no. you're, you're in electronic. You're in,
2: what is the difference?
0: It's ele- <laughs> electronics. If you make a, if you make a mistake, things smoke, mm-hmm. and electrics, if you make a mistake, things set on fire. <laughs> um, no, that ele-
2: makes no sense at all. <laughs> no, I get it, like, like
0: <laughs> I like <laughs> So, electronics, if I can do an example, I, like literally have something lying around. So this is like a little piece of electronics. So, you know, you might recognize yeah, this. Yeah, like a little
2: of, motherboard you know, thing. thing.
0: Yes, 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 yes. A- exactly that. And then electrics is like your transmission lines and your power stations. And okay, okay, power okay. <laughs> and things, and the transformers and stuff. So
2: key difference.
0: <laughs> yes. No. Sorry, that's a that's a bit of a inside joke or industry joke. Mm. So okay. yeah, I, that's that's why I started my my studies at at Turks, as you as you rightly said. Um. I admittedly didn't enjoy studying all that much. Um, I felt like it it wasn't really, it didn't really resonate for me. Um, And yeah, I studied hard, man. I I worked so hard and I I did not do extremely well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's either the the course or there's more likely a a separate course for that. And it's not that I partied or anything, man. I, I promise you, it was such a boring experience and I still just just got through. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: I really so think first- Alfie and I should invest in a jar and just collect fifty cents for every time on the podcast someone mentions that. Because well, by now we would have seventeen rand. That's not a lot, but that's about <laughs> every single person that's been on the podcast that has yeah. said that. So. <laughs>
0: Say. I, I love that that's that's um that's that's awesome it means i mean i mean it probably means something let's not think about yeah. it too much yeah um, <laughs> so so yeah after, after then my in my honors year i decided that um oh, we we had to do some some work experience stuff and um, i found a job with a company that did um security electronics and stuff They uh, they their main product is a fingerprint reader and card reader with a, a pin pad um, uh, that you will find at nearly any McDonald's so yeah keep a look for it I sure. I worked on that thing so sometimes Famous. It works. yeah 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 <laughs> <Sometimes>. <laughs> i have to say there's a there's a deep sense of nostalgia every time um, I, I, I spy one of those at the the McDonald's which mm. is every Wednesday and, and Friday <laughs> and Saturday. So it's, you know, <laughs> I see, I see them often. I see them often. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And, and it, it was, that was a very interesting experience because I was, I mean, I was fresh out of varsity and I was the only electronic engineer on the, in the entire company. Um, admittedly we were like Yo. I don't know, 15 people or so. Mm. Um, but it did teach me a lot. Um, outside of the technical aspect of of what you do or necessarily the, the actual electronics of what of what, um, of what mm-hmm. I do because um, if you if you make a desi- a design mistake or something then mm. you are the one that fixes it um, if you choose a, a weird component that's hard to get or something some weird type of whatever circuit or something it might be you're the one that has to go and, and find them and buy them. If you didn't think about how do you test these things beforehand? You're the one that's struggling to test them. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was an incredibly humbling job. Um, mm. I, I was, I was pretty, pretty sure that I never did too much of a good job, but um, I mean, evidently we, at least we have some, some things out in the field that, that has some of my tech in it. So that's, that's quite cool. Um, yeah, so that was, that, was, that was a very interesting experience.
1: On, on that point, I think it's, it's, it's notable to mention because I think, you know, in the digital space already, there are many people who go like three, four years before they actually put something out into the world. And I'm sure in the electronics space, mm. it's probably even worse. It's probably many more years than one or two before you actually get something out into the industry or out into the world that you could sort of point to and say, you know, I had a hand in creating that. Which is amazing.
0: Yeah, that's that. That that is that's absolutely um, correct. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't even think about it in that way. But, just, but yeah, it is. There's something nice about knowing that in every McDonald's there's a a little part of it. There's there's a part of me in every little in every McDonald's.
3: <laughs> no, I'm gonna that one. Nice. <laughs>
0: but yeah, that's that's a very good point. Mm. Um, so yeah. And then after after that I, I was lucky enough to join a, uh, a defense company who made some some really cool tech for um, military defense applications but also like uh, paramilitary and police applications our sure. our flagship product the one that I worked on mostly it is um, so it's called a gimbal so I think um, it's, it's some of mm-hmm. you guys might might know a gimbal as being like the, the thing that you put your yeah. phone on with a, like the DJI ones or or what have you. Mm-hmm. But if you now imagine taking that and mounting it upside down and putting that onto <laughs> <laughs> this is this is nephew, by the way. <laughs> um <laughs> Sorry, if you, <laughs> if, you, uh, if you were to take that, mount it upside down and put it on an aircraft and then just give it like a, a round shell so it doesn't, the wind doesn't hit it and give it some, some windows to stare through and you mount cameras in that. Then on aircraft or drones or helicopters, whatever it might be, you mount these things and they um, allow you to swivel and look at the, the, the earth beneath you. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's used for like reconnaissance stuff. Um, luckily they were never used for any angry. Is that when you,
2: when you flying on a big aircraft, you are able to (laughs) pick the view you want on the little screen in front of you? Is that the same technology?
1: Uh, no. You can clearly see how tech service is. Don't laugh at me, Alfie.
2: <laughs> hey, it's a it's a it's I'm a good, it's I'm a
3: good,
0: <laughs> It's a good case, but um but no not not entirely. Um, so okay. uh, it's it's used for surveillance and reconnaissance and stuff. And mm. then I mean the thing had a camera in it that you could read a number plate from three kilometers away. Jeez. In the sky. Yo. Like looking down at a car, you're reading a number plate, yeah. So the, for police Ew. applications overseas, especially, that was that was very very useful. Um, mm. It was used quite a lot. Um, few uh, drug arrests and stuff that they made uh, using that tech. Sure. So yeah, that's that was, crazy. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Can I but, random um, question I on being, that point? Defense, Saving lives
2: a, and filling bellies.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a good one
0: um sure yeah did you, did you ever
1: think about like you know because when i think about any time i think about any kind of military um sort of piece of work or whatever i'm always like they say that they're using it for this thing but what if they're using it for other things like was that something that ever concerned you or like that you thought about <laughs>
0: um it admittedly it it sort of is um because the, the technology, luckily, it's 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 defensive, so it's it's not it's not an offensive piece of yeah. military equipment like a, a, a rifle or a weapon or a, mm. a, a missile. Um, I mean, we we work right next to Denel, who makes um, missiles and things like that. And you know, it's concerning because you know, missiles never used peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> so I, what what I what made my heart ad- addressed a bit, um, you know, the the goal of our equipment is sort of to, you detect and you, you gain reconnaissance. So mm-hmm. at least you know, maybe not where to send your people. Like don't, don't send them here. There's a whole That's bunch dangerous. of tanks and there's a whole bunch of enemies here or mm-hmm. there's a, a military compound here. So, you know, avoid that area or, or something like that. So mm-hmm. at least it, it, it's useful, piece for applications. I mean, obviously, anything you you can go and you can utilize it in a mm-hmm. malicious way. But yeah, it's okay. at least it's a defensive type of of uh, technology.
2: And um, from from then, how did you end up at IoT Next? Because now it seems like the role you are in now, uh, right, is quite different to what it was.
0: Yeah, no, massively. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I sort of. Um, I, I started getting a bit frustrated with the, um, the development life cycle and military applications mm. because it's so much paperwork. It's like, I will kid you not, if I say about 80% of the entire process is paperwork. Um, so yes. it's, it, it was literally, 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 literally. Can you, can and you
2: explain why? Cause that in my brain, that makes no sense.
0: No, it's it's a good question. Um, so what would happen is you define upfront what it is that your piece of hardware has to do, and you define how you're going to test to make sure that it does this. And then you do reviews, you make sure all of this documentation is reviewed, it's approved, okay. it's booked yeah. into a SAP, and it all comes back down to traceability. So if you know, if you imagine Boeing or or someone like that, and it has happened with Boeing, it's a perfect example of a failure somewhere in one of these systems. And I mean, like uh, in in Boeing, just just for interest, like civil aviation is the the most stringent safe, safety class of, of electronics and and development that you get. It's even higher than medical and um, like space. <laughs> Because if you, if you think about it, space, automotive, if something goes wrong, a few people will die. That's another super cynical way of thinking about it. few people will die that, who yeah. didn't think that they are going to die that day. Um, medical, if something goes wrong, one person is going to die who didn't want to die that day. Military, if something goes wrong, a few people might die who knew they might be dying that day. Um, aerospace or uh, space the same, but civil aviation is a lot of people can die. I mean, if a plane crashes, it's your your passengers on there mm. as well as whatever um, collateral uh, after the crash. So um, that that's basically the reason, and to a large extent, because our equipment went onto planes, um, and in some cases, uh, not military Jeez. planes necessarily. Like so, yeah. So it it sounds as fun. Um, yep, it, it's as fun as it sounds. Uh, so, uh, the the transition really happened is when, when I started helping with the the business side of this and and looking at Mm. costing for projects and interacting with clients and, you know, just a a bit of a a bigger picture view, a, a further sort of viewing role of more forward looking role, if I can put it in that way. And, you know, you, you moved from being the, the guy doing the doings to the guy telling people asking people about the doings and how to do the doings and the things. Um, so that was, that was, in, <laughs> that was incredibly fun to me. Um, just because it's a, it's a bit more abstracted than the, the nuts and bolts or the, the bits and bites and stuff mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And then I found this job post. I wasn't like really actively looking for a, for a job but I found a, a blog post at Next for a solution engineer which then entails you come up with iot based solutions so it's not you necessarily writing the hardware or writing the software and designing the hardware so but it's you are you're liaising with the people who do that and then discussing how um, you know how can we come up with the solution and, and you know, mm-hmm. throwing ideas past them, because I mean, at, at some stage, they will be the ones implementing it. And yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoyed that. I did that for basically a, a year at IT. Next. Um But what happens is in the solution engineering department, you're, you're essentially the linchpin between your sales team, because your salesperson will come to you, they have an idea, or they, they have a lead, and they want you to come mm-hmm. up with a solution. Then you have your engineering team who you talk Mm. to to help you come up with a a feasible technical solution and then there's the delivery team that has to go and actually implement your solution so now you're you're basically dependent on three separate parties and if one of them falters or if there's a an issue with one of those um, uh, three units then it directly affects you and you affect Mm. the other two units so you're essentially you're a bit in the the center of the shitstorm um, all the time, and everyone is always angry at you because it's yeah. always too expensive, too too hard to install, and um, too difficult to to make. Um, and out of that, I started seeing. <laughs> I, I started seeing, and I, I think we'll we'll get to this um, quite a lot. But I started seeing um, problems, or not not necessarily problems, but areas that we can improve in um, and given my background mm-hmm. I could identify on a on a sort of a hardware level and technology level like listen but they they're better ways than, than doing it the way that we're doing it now right so um, you know why mm-hmm. aren't we looking at this why aren't we looking at that and you know a lot of the times people like the idea they like that you know yeah that that sounds like a good idea but you know there's no one doing it <laughs> so Mm-hmm. Um, no one's doing the doings, so I started to do the doings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I literally decided one day that, you know, this is, this is nonsense. I, I had the idea of this, this piece of tech that's um, low cost. Um, it's, it's low performance mm. compared to the, the stuff that we have and lower fidelity, but it's highly secure, mm. first of all. It's low cost and it's easy to use. So it doesn't do everything, mm-hmm. but a few things it does very well. And it does it securely because that's extremely important for our department. And I told people mm-hmm. about this. They thought it's a good idea. Nothing really came of it. And I just decided, okay, well, I'm just going to go build it. And I actually... This is um, sort of what it looks like. <laughs> so Beautiful. You can see there's...
2: No um, wonder no one... <laughs> No one in the sales team took that lead.
0: <laughs> I actually, no, I don't have it anymore. But I did three D print a very nice enclosure to hide how terrible the the soldering looked. Um, mm. And and you know, just just putting something in people's hands, um, it they 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 loved it, and and I, I got a lot of support about mm. that. And then you know, it's it's this thing of if if you if you come up with a good enough idea. The important people in the company will say, uh, "Well, I said we should have done this this years ago. This is actually my idea." And then you're just like, "Yep, no, it was your <laughs> idea. Thank, thank you for coming up with the idea." Because at least at least it's there, right? It's it's fine. It's yeah. fine. You can take you can take credit. So I mean, to a large extent, that's a it's a very egoless job, and it's sometimes a bit thankless. But mm-hmm. yeah, and after that, I I just basically told my CTO or our CTO rather that, you know, I want to do this. I think that I can add value. Look here, this is, this is what I did in my spare time. Um, Imagine what I could do if this, if this was my job. And I think that to a large extent Hmm. is, how I, I, how I, I want you I to
2: elaborate um, a little bit on that piece because I think there's a lot of people listening that might be in a similar position where they are in a job that's not quite exactly what they want to do. Um, they can see the potential in the space that they're working in, but they don't mm. know how to get there. So mm. how did you go from seeing potential to, did you first, like you that you already mentioned, you first built something and then you took it to someone else? And what did that process look like? And did you set up a meeting? Was it formal? Was it a presentation? Did you tell them that mm. these are the exact topics that I want to focus on? Or yeah, explain a little bit more.
0: All right. No, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I, I I think we. Alfie, we did briefly discuss just giving a bit more of a a practical guide to people rather than like a vague, Mm -hmm. no, you know, just, just find some value, find yourself and just work hard and, and drive your goals until you reach (laughs) that mountain top or, you know, that, that random nonsense that you can find for the Chappie or something. (laughs) <laughs> no, so so thank you, thank you for asking. Here's your horoscope
2: for this day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that, um, no, but but thank you for asking that because it's it, it it frustrates me if you know if it's you know how to do whatever and it's not very clear and it's these it's these vague pieces of advice. So, um, I mean, I, I I can't claim that this will work for everyone, but I, I came to. A, I can explain how it worked for me and my reasoning and the Mm. one I found from it and how Mm. people reacted. And so the, the first thing is the very first thing is you, if you're in a job and you're not entirely happy with, if you're not entirely happy with your, with your job or what you're doing, um, then there's what you do is you look for an area of improvement. You look for something what is making me unhappy? What is what is keeping me back? What is what is preventing me from performing at my fullest and enjoying my job and getting joy and energy and being excited to go to work, right? Um, mm. And to me, that was that was a, a sort of a, a, a deeper thing to say. I really don't enjoy like building Legos. Essentially, like taking this thing, taking this thing, and trying to like sort of. Um, glue them together to, to build a dinosaur when you can like, but why don't we just build a dinosaur? Like, why are we taking pieces of Legos? Just build the dinosaur from the, from the get go. And like, I'm a mm. archeologist. Okay. This, I'm, I'm really pushing this uh, metaphor now, but like you come from a background <laughs> where it's, it's natural for you to do, do things in a certain way. And mm. you have, mm. you have some sort of knowledge or passion or, um experience or whatever in something so I think that the first thing is you you need to know what you're talking about right if you if you go to mm-hmm. the the CEO and say listen we should do our financials in a different way or do, you know cost in a different way but you have no idea about uh, financial management or, or accounting or anything like that then it, it, you you must prepare for it to be a, a bit of a humbling experience but yeah <laughs> so, Definitely know what you're talking about and come with it or, mm-hmm. or, or think it through and make sure that you know, you're know you you're being reasonable, you have a good idea or whatever. And then the important part is you can either then decide to um, sort of bitch and moan about it and complain and be unhappy um, in what you do and you can start looking for a different job and you can leave, um, but not everyone wants to do that, right? Um, Because some people sometimes, hopefully, what you have is a a love for the company and a passion for the company. But it's like if we could just do a few things differently, um, we would really Mm. go from so-so to (laughs) no. So (laughs) definitely (laughs) from (laughs) to. (laughs) So um, exactly. So yeah. So. That's, I think that's the starting point. Make sure you, you know where you're unhappy or where you see there's an issue or you know if it's within your own role or if it's within um, the company or the way we the, the, the company does things or costs things or sells things or makes things or, or whatever because there's always there's always 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 room for improvement and increasing efficiencies in any company. No company is perfect, and there's always room mm-hmm. for improvement. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing, and that's easy because I mean, if anyone thinks about your job now and you ask the question, "Is there something you don't like about your job, or is there something you think your your yeah. work or your company could do better?" You're like, "Yes, yeah, we we do this badly, we do this badly, we do this badly." So there you go. First step is you've identified problems. Know what you're talking about, or mm-hmm. know what, know your um, you know the, the the area at least that that you're going to approach. Like I'm not going to go to the software developers and say they should start coding in a different language because I think it's a bit better. Um, you know, that's, you're going to come off as a bit arrogant and, and underprepared, but once you have that mm-hmm. so important, now you've got a, a, a problem statement, something where you can add value, um, because it comes down to you need to add value to the company in it in, or you need to add more value to the company by doing something, um, Different than what you're doing now, and that's how I moved to to the mm-hmm. you know starting the innovation department because I showed that I can add value if I do this. I'm passionate about this. I can do this. Um, I have this idea to solve a problem that we all know is a problem, and mm-hmm. that is it, it. Always has to come back to value because the your your job is not a is not a training house and but you're also not a, a, a volunteer. So. Um, You know, you you have to make sure that you're actually giving something back to the company. All right. So now Mm -hmm. we've got find a problem. Make sure what you're talking about, you know what you're talking about. Third step is come up with some ideas. And here's a very important um, lesson uh, or a, a tip that I can give you, a very practical tip, is don't come up with ideas by yourself. The the very first okay. or the very, very, very best person to come up with ideas for is whoever's your is whoever's going to be your biggest attractor. The the person who's going to fight change the most or
3: mm.
0: um yeah. you know your your, your okay. the, mm. the, the final boss essentially that you have to convince. <laughs> because if you can convince your the person that will um, give the, the biggest resistance to change or to a big idea. If you can convince them, or you know, encourage them, or um, inspire them, that there there might be better ways to do this, and and then you will not come at a a stage where you're like, look at this idea, I have this amazing idea, and someone's like, no, but we tried that two years ago and it failed miserably. You didn't think of these five things. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. So,
1: um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I mean, obviously, that's I think I just want to comment on that one. Yes. Mm. I wanna comment on that um quickly because I think that is actually something that's really smart. And I have to say one thing that I do get wrong a little bit. Because typically when I think of a new idea, I speak to the people who would think in the similar sort of way and would, would, would justify the idea and would almost give you the um
2: validation the yeah.
1: affirmation that you might be looking for. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I mean it's it's a temptation when you're in that space because you know, your idea is new. It's kind of like a newborn baby. You're trying to protect it, and you don't want anyone to tell you that your baby is ugly. But um, it's not a baby; it's an idea. And yes. ideas, in a sense, they're only as good as the execution that comes from them. And so, I think it's such a, a good piece of advice because also that person will keep you honest. Like, especially if you're speaking to a person that's your detractor, they will. They if if you can convince them, in a sense. You can convince anybody. Um, so I just, I I just wanted to mention that that's definitely a good idea. Um, so yeah, so you mentioned, so the first thing would be to, to sort of, um, figure out what, what, what is making you unhappy or the thing that you're not satisfied with Mm. with your, with your current job. Mm. And then once you've identified that you sort of need to, um, from there you need to, what was the second step? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, it,
0: it, maybe it's step zero is to make sure you know what you're talking about.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. So you need to then know be, what you're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you pick a problem that yeah. you're, you're, that, that you're interested in actually creating a difference in, and then you need to make sure that you can both provide value to the business. Like it's valuable for them to do, um, to have you do that thing. And that it's more valuable than what you're doing at the moment um exactly and then from there you come up with an idea so let's say now you've 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 found your detractor you've talked to the detractor about the idea they're starting to get a little bit interested um you're starting to actually have this thing sort of like solidify in your mind where where do you take it from there
0: so this is this is the the, (laughs) and um if i could just mention this this is basically what i'm what i'm describing now is the innovation process or or how um, how I like to drive innovation in our company is exactly that you're you're innovating mm-hmm. yourself into a new job um, or a new role because innovating innovation in there's a whole bunch of definitions to it but to my definition it is implementing a new and novel idea that adds measurable value That's sort of the the condensed value, okay. the, the condensed way of, of looking at it so obviously mm-hmm. new and novel. If you if you want to move to something else, it is going to be new and novel to you because if it's not, then it's the same job that you're in already. So, mm. and add yeah. value. You have to add value to the business. As an employer, it is your responsibility to add value to the business. I know it sounds a bit like, yeah, but <laughs> you know, it's it, it, that's that's why they pay. That is that's why anyone is mm. employed. That's that's the fundamentals of how a business operates. Is um, mm-hmm. that you as an employee need, so need to add value. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So after you've done this, you've come up with an idea, then it's easy. You just do it. <laughs> <laughs> doing the doings. Whatever, whatever the doing, just do the doings. Um, and it, it really comes from um, some very good advice that my father gave me. And that's basically why I've, I've been able to move out of um, careers is just do the job that you want to do. And then when people realize it's necessary and they look for someone to do it, you're the obvious candidate because you're already the, the person doing these things. So it's, mm-hmm. it's literally, it's in a, it's, it's a weird thing because you don't ask for permission. Um, and there's, there's no process that you go and you you fill a form or whatever you literally you go and you take that idea in your spare time or whatever, and you go and you do it and you prove there's mm-hmm. value in what you can do. You don't have to solve the entire company's mm. um, problems. But I mean, like literally this thing, I did this over a weekend. Um, I printed an a, a enclosure for it. I wrote some code with the help of a friend. You don't want to, I mean, ins- you can see what that thing looks like, right? It's not like, I it, <laughs> right? I spent a lot of efforts on it, but I'm just not good at soldering. But, um, you know, you, you do that sort of an, an MVP type of thing to prove Mm -hmm. that there's value in you, you within yourself have value that you can contribute outside of what you're doing now. And I mean, it can be like, you know, starting from electronic engineering, moving to innovation. Um, I I mean, if I I know your audience might be more on the the creative side, but, you know, going from a a design or UI UX, um, whatever it might be, uh, visual design or the 3d modeling or whatever, you know, it, it already actually gears you well to go and look and analyze and see where can we improve? What is it that I can add value? Because I mean, to a large extent, that's, that's what design is. I, I think I wrote it down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Sort of kind, of, you know, <laughs> to make sure you know exactly what the problem is you're solving for.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, um... then, and then the last step is basically, you, you socialize, you go and you advertise your idea. Yes, mm. sorry.
2: You, you said uh, previously that this process that you're explaining is not just the approach you took to building your own job within your environment, but it's essentially you describing the innovation cycle or innovation approach in, a, in an organization as well. So I, I know um, you are now the innovation lead or in that playing in that space for IoT Next. And I was curious to what your thoughts are about firstly where does innovation fit into an organization whose responsibility is it if there isn't someone like you appointed to do it then secondly in your opinion and experience where does creativity fit into innovation
0: those both excellent questions um because I, I had to figure that out. It's it's not um, it's it's not a, a, a sort of an obvious answer. and I think it will likely depend on, on company to company, but I can tell you what a company needs to. All right, sorry. It's if there is no assigned, you know, innovation team or innovation lead or, or, or stuff like that,
3: mm.
0: then innovation will have to come from the people that will benefit the most from their own innovations, if you get what I'm saying. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's hard because there's no there's no responsibility assigned. It's something that if your company doesn't do it, um, well, first of all, it's an excellent opportunity to bring something like that up because all companies need that. Um, there's no company that mm-hmm. cannot survive without bringing in new and novel ideas. So if if there isn't a, a role or a um, sort of a, a, a structured approach to it, it will definitely have to be very much like, you know, you will need to have a, a leader that inspires people to do like that sort of the entrepreneurial um, type of ideas and, and come up with these things themselves and feel like it's, it's safe to come up with ideas and approach people and ask them like, you know, mm-hmm. can't we do things differently or do it in that way? But it is, it is very difficult because there is no one taking responsibility for it until someone decides mm-hmm. that, you know, no, this is bullshit. I'm just going to stop doing it. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's hard to say, but, um, it's sort of everyone's responsibility. <laughs> mm. And nice. then really you asked about creativity.
1: Yes. Yes. Sorry. Before, what before is, we get what to that. What is creativity's...
2: Go
1: ahead, Alfie. Um I, I just wanted to mention one thing and because you, you you in a sense I think you answered it better um than someone may have picked up um from the way you actually verbalized it and it's that it's the leader's responsibility to create I'm just that. Saying I, I spoke badly or uh, what
3: <laughs>
1: I think the message wasn't clear. Um, Alfie. Because all right.
2: Just reword. In a sense it. it is
1: everybody's irresponsibility. Um. Oh, that's, that's you just good. you that's mentioned the good. fact that it is everybody's responsibility to do the innovation. But if there's not one person mm. responsible, it becomes up to the leader to create a space for innovation so that those people can come out. Yes. Because typically, what happens is, Absolutely. you know, even if there is innovative pe- innovative people, they don't necessarily feel like they have a reason to be innovative. Mm. And so, if you don't have mm. a person that's in charge of being innovative, the approach that you would take is to have a person that's in charge of creating a space of that type of thinking. Yes. And then everybody can kind of take on that responsibility. And I just wanted to focus in on that because it's easy as a leader to say, my job is to make sure that I've achieved the specific things I'm being measured on and um, making sure that I'm I'm ticking all the boxes of my job. And in a sense, it can sound a little bit airy-fairy to say that you need to create like a safe space. But with innovation, that is actually a critical and um um highly important part of the process especially when there isn't one person in charge of it so i just wanted to highlight that before we step into the discussion around creativity
0: <laughs> no, thank nice. you
1: thank you for that Alfie. i know i gave mm-hmm. you some
0: flack on that but on thank you for, for clarifying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you you actually you gave such a, a a wonderful sort of platform to to kick off um or answer stephanie's question um one of the people I, I worked with stated it so well, and what you need is, let's say you are in the sort of the, the privileged position that your company does have um, an innovation team or something like that. To a large extent, um, my job isn't extremely glamorous because it's it's more, what I do is more innovation management, and my team is the actual innovators, and our company is actually the, the innovators. Um, so... The, the statement he made is, innovation is systemic, but innovation management is systematic. So it's a, it's a, it's a weird concept okay. to say that you can, you can innovate within a structure. There's a process to innovation or you can innovate with rigor um, because it, it goes mm-hmm. against the idea that, but how can you put a, a process onto creativity? Um, or you mm. know, if you know innovation, you get the idea that it's like everyone sitting around in a in a room with like these the fake grass bean bags, a big TV that you can go and the glass walls you can draw on. You know, Pink any of these gowns. things that you go and you search stock footage. Yeah, uh, hey, that's no, they're blue actually. So, yeah, so it's like karate to the innovation. Geek. It's the next um, level. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So creativity comes in, it's it's actually almost always a part of it, but the one of the things that people might not understand about innovation is not the, innovation is not invention. Invention is that pure creative process of sitting and thinking like, what cool shit can I come up with? What is the, like, let, just let your brain run wild and come up with all these things and then you you fall into that like the segway i mean everyone knows the the segway thing it's such a cool invention mm. it really is flipping amazing and it's unlike anything other that came before it but it was a complete flop w- was it not creative no i think it was a very creative idea i mean the design um, you know, just from the, 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 the user design, the, the aesthetics to it, the, the um, actual technical design is, is very impressive. But no one wanted it. And that is, in, mm. that is the difference between invention and innovation. Invention of oh. innovation, a lot like design, is you have to apply your mind to come and see where are areas of value that we can add. And only mm. secondarily to that, so just again, primary function of innovation is to make sure you know what problems you're solving for and yeah. where you're adding value. It always, always, always comes mm. back to to adding value. And then mm. secondarily to that is coming up with a solution. And that That's is, right. you can you can argue that creativity is, is involved in both phases um, because you have to creatively think of, why what is wrong with the business or where can we improve the business and you know you can do the the five why model of saying why is this inefficient um because of this why is it 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 Mm -hmm. because of this and then you get to that core like the 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 actual problem where you can solve value and you almost always find that it's such a small thing small thing can make a big difference Mm. so Mm -hmm. There's creativity to that it's a bit more systematic not not necessarily creative in the in the traditional sense but then only the second stage where you're solving for the problem that is where creativity comes comes into play so that's the the difference between innovation and then yeah. innovation management is the process of putting together this framework it's almost a it's the boring part of innovation right because you put together the framework you make sure You get the problems, you get the ideas, and then you allow your people that are the actual innovators, which includes the company, to say, Mm -hmm. we have this extremely specific, well-thought-out problem statement. Please come up with ideas. And then anyone can solve an idea. Yeah. And I I
2: really like how you um, split up the the description or definition of invention and innovation because... Immediately when we speak about innovation, you know, it's a trendy term, people think about in- invention. If you think about companies and products that have disrupted their industries, in a sense, there was also some sense of innova- invention there. And that's why we confuse those two concepts a lot. And I think what we often see in businesses or organizations, or at least from my experience, is we see invention, like you said happen before innovation. So it usually happens, let's say I have a fashion e-commerce store and people aren't buying a specific pro- uh, product. Now I come up with a solution already. I, I solution that on the homepage, we should put an extra rail. Now I go to the, the team that needs to execute. And now, it, now this is where innovation should happen. This is what people think here is what I want you to do, innovate there. But what you just said, what I just want to emphasize on is problem first before the innovation comes. Mm -hmm. We need to not give someone a solution and you can't innovate on the solution. The innovation happens on the problem. And I think a lot of people have that the wrong way around and expect a team or group of people Mm -hmm. to be innovative and solve problems when you're giving them an idea or a
0: solution already, mm-hmm. and Stephanie, that is that's so well put. That is absolutely perfectly put, um, and it 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 describes almost the 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 misperception or misconception mm. that that people have when we we talk about innovation. Um, you know, it's it's not, a, and it's a it's a trap that teams fall into. If you have your innovation teams or your skunk work teams or your agile teams or your rapid prototyping teams or your R&D teams, that is the number one problem because I've I've faced this a lot of times in in my previous companies as well, um, where you've got these people, it's like these mad scientists working away behind this curtain. And all you can hear is like angle grinders and pneumatic drills and flashes and like animal noises and stuff like that. And there's a a weird liquid leaking out of the (laughs) <laughs> it's like what? What are they doing? Like what, what? What are they doing? And inside there, you've got a group of incredibly intelligent, creative people inventing, and then mm. they present this this thing. They've got this this doohickey that they've made. It is the mm. best doohickey you will find. There's nothing on the market that beats how doohickey e this doohickey is. Um, <laughs> but no one wants it. It's it's like well, that's great. And and now, you know, like we've got this amazing feature. If you mouse over this the, the, the ugly dress now suddenly it takes a picture of your face and it like transposes <laughs> it onto a, a model. It's like super cool. But did it solve the problem? Did it solve the yeah. problem that maybe this dress is just not in style this season? Or can we do something else with this? Is there a different way we can we can solve it? But this? now We're there's more because the conversion
2: because more know. people are clicking on it, right? Because there's something there, but it doesn't necessarily <coughs> lead to more sales. It's, but the yes, goal was exactly, get more yeah, conversion. It like,
0: what or, on yeah, earth?
2: <laughs> more clicks.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And but, but so but you, you stated it so well. So there, there is that that fallacy and it's a lot of companies, it's almost guaranteed if you do not perform innovation management correctly, that you will fire you will fall into that trap and you will create things that are amazing. You will invent things that are amazing, but mm. no one no one wants it. Mm. And that's that's where yeah. innovation is so crucial is to make sure you know what you're solving and what value you are going to add once you've invented the solution or you've made the solution. And, I mean, that's that's core to, to innovation. That's the only way you can, as an innovation team, sort of survive um, in, your own, in your own company.
2: I think this is a very valuable conversation for a lot of people. Um, I think And it's not that people necessarily do it wrong on purpose. I think there's also, there's no, yes, there are are books on it. I wanted to say there's no books on it, but it's also um, a a play and practice and iteration process, right? How you figure out how to do it within an Mm -hmm. organization. So I don't want to shame anyone that has done it the opposite way, the way we just described it, where cool, I have a cool idea. Mm-hmm. It's just a kind of a moment to keep yourself honest and self reflect and remember, okay, cool. Zoom out. It's that zooming out that you say, right, step one, this mm-hmm. is the problem. But what is the problem? How do you frame the problem? Who, do, who does the problem touch? Mm-hmm. Why is this a problem? Why is this problem a problem?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, exactly. And, you're, you're absolutely right. And I mean, it's like you say, yeah, you, we shouldn't uh, sort of, you know, shame people. It's like I said, literally I've, I've mm-hmm. worked with three teams previously that fell into this trap and it's not that they're unintelligent or yeah. uneducated or not well read, mm-hmm. but it's that, you know, that's what you think. That's what I thought innovation is like sit around mm-hmm. and, and come up with cool yeah. shit and then, yeah. you know, sell it to the company. It's, It's like, no, (laughs) innovation is actually, it's such a, you're such a servant to the company, not in a, in a, in a bad way, but your primary focus, your, like your child that you love and cherish is the company. And it doesn't have to be the company, but the people in the company, how can I make these people's lives better, easier? You know, how can I, um, increase sales, um, why would I want to do that? You know, you're making a, a better environment for your people, because now we've got a, a better uh, revenue stream. Why do you want to do optimize this piece of technology? Because then we can increase our sales process better. So really you have to have a love for the, not, it doesn't have to be the company, but at least the, the people in the company, once mm. you really want to help them and solve for them, it, it becomes a, a little bit of a, a thankless job, but because at the very end, now you've got your detractor, you've sort of led them to this idea. You go, you implement this, you show to the company. He's like, yes, look at my idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's, it's a bit thankless in a sense um, because mm-hmm. you always your, your value isn't always immediately appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, it can happen that you're a bit of ahead of the curve sometimes. Mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's very satisfying knowing that what you've done is improve the company and you've improved the company, not only for yourself, but the people that you work for as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's my big driver. It's, I, I, I love the people of our company and I love working with them. And, you know, obviously if you can make their lives easier, it's, it's going to benefit everyone.
1: Yeah. Um. So the the there's something that you, you, you kind of mentioned that I want to do hone in on a little bit. And, you know, you, 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 when you were describing this process, you focused quite a lot on the process of actually um, <clears throat> identifying the problem and articulating it before getting into the process of invention. And yes. one thing that I just wanted to mention over and above that, um, by taking that approach, and it's maybe not or at least I didn't necessarily learn this lesson from innovation, but more when I was sort of looking at leadership and some of the, the ideas from that perspective is that when you spend a lot of time on identifying the question and you get other people involved, they also buy in more because in mm-hmm. a sense, they feel yeah. like they are actually solving the problem, even though like 90% of the challenge is actually identifying and articulating the problem by them being a part of coming up with a solution, they feel like they're a part of the innovation process. And at times that can actually even be more important than the innovative solution that they come up with, because then, you know, it also frees them to actually start to believe that they can actually do things that are innovative and they can sort of um, color outside the lines um, to put it, you know, philosophically. Um, And I think the reason that that's also really important is because then, not only do do the people sort of see that they can do their job, they also see that they can do the, the things that are more than what they were necessarily hired for. And I think that's also a really important part of the innovation process.
0: Absolutely right, Alfie. You're, you're, you're so, so, so right. Um, and that's when you can get the people, the stakeholders that you're solving this problem for, if you can get them involved, as you say, and they help come up with... Problem statement, and you go. It's part of your job. Actually, that's how you identify problems: is you go and you talk to people. You talk to um, Stephanie. What What is the What are the issues you're, you're having with your e-commerce store? All right, this this one dress is not selling well. All right, why do you think that is? Um, it's not getting enough exposure. Why do you think that is? Because it's not. You know, I don't know. Now I've I've reached the the level of of what I understand about e-commerce stores and passions.
2: (laughs) Your gown would say otherwise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why thank you. Um, It's because it's not pink. Why is it not pink? Because it's whatever. So when, once you've identified, I've sat with Stephanie, she's the person I'm solving this problem for. And we've agreed that this is the reason why this is a problem, or this is a problem. This is the, the absolute problem um, that, you know, we're selling floral pattern and floral pattern is, is very 2021. It's now it's cheetah. or We're selling cheetah and it's leopard mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know fashion. Maybe they do not. Um, but then as soon as you know, and you've discussed with that person and they've, they, you've gotten buy in from their side, you, it becomes so easy because now you automatically know if you solve that problem for that person, you've added value. So now you don't mm. have to think up a like a, a a way like why why is this important? Why are we adding value? You know, this person has told you exactly what they want to know. So mm. it's it's very exciting. It's it's actually so simple. And a lot of it is just talking to people. People mm. love talking about their problems. And if you if you know how to elicit Problem statements. You can see where you can add value, yeah. and then from there, on, you make sure you've got a a, a good creative, and a, you know a, a strong team, or even better, you you um, crowdsource your your solutions. You can go literally as a you you as an innovator can literally just go find problems and have some sort of platform that tells the company. I mean, Alfie, our, our company has has that um, way we say, this is a problem, come up with ideas. Um, you can reward them monetarily, or you can, even a better way to reward people, especially in the technical uh, environment, is to give them the time to come, to take their idea to fruition and mm. see the, their baby grow up essentially. Mm. So that's, um, yeah, that, that's a that's a very
1: good point that you made. Amazing. Um- and so I guess w- maybe one, one other thing, I don't know if you'd like to chat about this a little bit is, um, you know, as you mentioned, you kind of started initially in being the, an innovation engineer in a sense. So you were the person with the nuts and bolts, putting the doohickeys together. And then it gets to the stage where now you've got in- innovation engineers in your team. So can you maybe talk to us a little bit about some of the, the, the differences? Specifically, in the realm of innovation, around being like an individual contributor, the person making the doohickeys, to becoming the person who does innovation management rather than the innovation itself. Absolutely. So, being the the innovation engineer or the, the whatever the the innovator,
0: the innovist, whatever you want to call <laughs> yourself, um, that is that is exciting. It's incredible. It's it's a it's a fun, rewarding, and creative job. And innovation mm. management is just not. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 no, no. <laughs> um,
0: no, I'm 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 completely overreacting. Um, it it is it's such a almost a, a paradigm shift of of moving away from you know this uh, creative type of problem solving sort of coordination type of deal to to the management side of it, which is again it's the systematic approach of how do we do these things. <clears throat> mm. And what you do lose is that as you you rightly stated, your your individual contributor. So you're not the one coming up with the, the awesome ideas or writing the new programs or coming up with the the, the new designs or the the, the UI or the, the the feature or the piece of hardware that's that's going to solve this problem um so it, it does it's a it's a really it is a paradigm shift because now you don't have you don't have a thing there's not a doohickey anymore mm-hmm. that you can put on the table and people applaud it and th- think you're like the hot shit you're really the <laughs> the one sitting sitting behind the desk and and coordinating with all of this um making sure that you have a a, a sensible innovation portfolio like we're well stacked we we, you have to come up with a direction. Where do we want to move in? What is the new tech trends in the comp in the uh, the industry? What are the new fashion trends? What are you know? What is what is the where is everyone moving? And then you can even there's the I think it's the Gartner three um, three horizon model. Mm. There's where do we want to be, or wh- where is everyone else moving? And then the, the furthest one, and that's where, you know, you, you've got people like your CTOs and your CIOs and your CEOs looking at where do we want to be? Where do we want to pull the market towards? Mm. And, you know, it's, it's that exciting part, mm. thinking of these things, like this is even further abstracted than the nuts and bolts. Mm. Um, and that's what's exciting about it. But a lot of it is you come up with these ideas, you make sure you've got your waypoints, Um, that you need to travel between. And then it's basically giving those objectives. You don't give tasks to your your innovation team. You give objectives, you give desired outcomes Mm -hmm. and you support. Mm. So it's incredibly, it's incredibly weird moving (laughs) to that because you're the, the output of your team is basically your output. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the failure of your team is your failure as well. So it's, it, it is a uh, it's it is very interesting. It's and not for everyone. I can definitely say that um, it was a, a hard learning curve for me. Yeah. But um, it is it's very exciting.
2: And as someone like who's not making that output, do you personally or have you struggled a little bit with feeling like you are not contributing as much value anymore? Because now your value is intangible, right? It's it's also your value is not seen immediately like it would be if you were creating a tangible solution your your value might be what you're contributing over six months or four months you know so what has your experience Mm. been with your value shifting from tangible to intangible
0: yeah um (laughs) it's so difficult um and it it sounds like you're you're speaking from experience because it's it's literally something that um, that I am currently struggling with. I mean, it's being in this type of role is is incredibly new to me, and, and moving away from that, that individual contributor role, um, it is very difficult. Um, because as you as you rightly say, you don't have a thing that you can put on the table or show on the screen anymore. Mm. But where where I find value, because sometimes you you do question like, you know, but my team is doing all of this. Yeah. Like, what, what am I doing? Exactly.
3: Um,
0: and exactly. But what, what you have to take into account, and it's, again, it's hard to, to put like a, a some sort of uh, visualizer or anything like that, but you are essentially driving the stage coach. Mm not only are you driving the stagecoach, but you're planning the route, right? Mm. So it's the horses that that get you there, and it's the people loading things on that get things on and off. Um, and you might not even be the guy driving the stagecoach, but you are the one setting direction. Mm. And I always, I take pride in knowing that my team is, they, they believe in what I believe in. Mm. Mm. So that, first of all, you need to inspire people to, to want to do what what you think, what your vision is, what your long-term vision is. Where What's the next waypoint? Where are we going with, with the stagecoach? Um, to know that you have a, a team of people who do what they do four or five times better than, than what you ever were able to do. Or that's my experience, at least. Um, to know that they that they do follow you. And then mm. it's it's incredibly satisfying as well to to have a team of people that you you almost you almost serve them. Um, you're not mm. their boss. They you're basically <laughs> you,
2: supporting they're, them. They are your boss yeah. in, a certain, yes. in a
0: certain sense. <laughs> yes, mm. exactly. Yeah. And I mean seeing having pride in in the outputs of your team and knowing that the reason why they they are doing this. The reason why they're even investigating this is either because you decided that that is the direction that we're going in. This is the problems that we're solving. Well, this is this is what we want our company to become.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Or that you, and even better, that you've created an environment and enabled them to identify these things mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's a massive yeah. paradigm shift, and it is. It is difficult, and I promise you, anyone starting off with a, a leadership or a management role after after moving from it, a strong individual contributor role, it, you do go through this like identity crisis of like, well, what what am I actually doing? Mm. <laughs> but it's it's unfortunately the only time that you'll that you'll really see what you are doing is if you stop doing it, and you know, people, your your horses sort of start to to wander. Mm. And, you know, people upload the, the wrong stuff on the, on the stage coach. They're still working just as hard. They're still just as, as main as amazing, mm. but now suddenly you're not, you're not directed and focused and you're not going in the same and right direction. Yeah. Mm. I really, I, I really like that. That's what I tell myself. At least.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes me sleep at night.
0: <laughs> That's what makes me sleep at night. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, what makes me sleep at twelve in the afternoon. <laughs> nice.
1: Oh, that uh, I really like the analogy of the stagecoach there because that that it, it it clearly it clearly identifies the role of the the manager in that space, and I think that that can sort of be applied to managers of every discipline, like being being the one that's Absolutely. planning the path. Um, because also it's not mm-hmm. always clear when when there is no path because you know you're on a road and you are moving so there is progress
0: exactly yeah could just be so, in the wrong yeah. direction
1: Yes, <laughs> 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 um, but i think th- i think that's really that, that's really good advice um so i think we're probably stepping into the into the closing stages of this but maybe before we do one thing that might be interesting to hear a little bit about is what innovations or sort of you know, either technology, you know, new processes or things are piquing your interest at the moment, whether it's in um, our industry or in, in another industry um, in general? So I think outside
0: of our industry, because I, I, there, there's a, a whole bunch of cool stuff that's that's going on in our industry, but I just have to give them props, that like projector thing from Samsung. I can't remember what it's called now, The I don't know. I don't know if you guys seen the, that thing is pretty freaking cool, mm. right? So portable projectors, it's been technology that ex- has existed for a long time. I mean, Samsung actually, they brought out a phone that had a little projector in it. But they they looked at this and they, they very much did what Apple did. Apple isn't good at invention, but Apple is great at innovating. Mm. So you don't have to come up with something completely new. You don't have to come up with a new projector or something i mean everything exists mm. but to think of why do you want a projector what is the whole idea with the projector it's the social experience so first of all they they're selling that like you know it's this sort of go anywhere type of you know freedom that they're pairing with uh, a social experience that they're pairing with like this multimedia type of interaction and you you can't you don't have to just use it to play f- the videos and stuff, you can do all sorts of decorations and stuff. And I thought like, Mm. dang, that's, that's pretty cool. I'll probably not buy one because they're a bit expensive at this stage, but it's like that, that's, that's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. not often that you see such a big new idea come out of these, these big tech giants. Mm. You know, if you look at the phones, it's now it's four microns thinner and the battery lasts 18 seconds longer. And the screen is now, (laughs) Wider than the actual body of the phone <laughs> itself, so you've gone into like negative space or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, but that being said, that's cool, and I'll keep it brief because it's maybe now not as cool. I might have oversold this projector thing. Is <laughs> <laughs> the is the, the concept of um, and this is this is big emerging technology, and it's a it's a big um, buzzword at the moment. Is the idea of a digital twin. Now, mm. a digital twin is essentially, and it's, it's its its very most basic definition is a virtual representation of an actual physical thing in the real world. Mm. And usually you'll find that it's a, a complex system or, or something that interacts with, with many other things. Mm-hmm. So a digital twin can be something as simple as you, you've got like some IoT sensors in your fridge or in your house and you create a, a virtual house that has it shows you this is the temperature of my fridge, these lights are on. Um, There's someone here, yeah. you know. It's so it, it can go from from something like that, but it's a it's a representation of something that is that exists in the real mm-hmm. world. It is that is running that exists, and then from there on you can say like, well, this is what your house looks like. But Alfie, so this is what what your house looks like. Now we sort of know what what a house is, what a house looks like, like a two-bedroom flat or whatever. But now, Stephanie, your house isn't behaving exactly the same as as these two, right? Why would that be? And then you can do all sorts of things like AI or ML, and we can see, oh, shit, you've got a a leak. One of your taps are leaking. Or, you know, there's a fire in your house because our houses don't have fire, but yours does. So, (laughs) you know, maybe watch out for that. But
3: um,
0: you know, and uh, this is a very simple example. But if you go to something like a factory or a hospital okay. or a, a, a building, um, I mean, the whole idea of the the metaverse is is that idea of like we have this virtual representation of the real world. So it's not virtual reality anymore. It's I don't know virtual real reality or I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably why they call it the metaverse. But um yeah, those those are two really really
1: cool innovations that, that I've seen that really resonated with. mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Um I think we'll definitely um uh, try to get at least an image of the of the of the projector in yeah. so that people can can kind of have it look as um um as you're sort of describing. Yeah. Um but I think mm-hmm. also the, the digital twin one is, is one that's, that's um, pretty interesting for me. I read an article that was um, on LinkedIn some time back. And and until I read that article, I actually hadn't made the connection between digital twins and the metaverse. Um, and sort of like the thing that kind of came to mind for me is like it's a virtual doppelganger. So it's basically exactly the same as the real physical thing, except it's in a virtual environment. Um, Exactly. yeah and i think it's it's a very very interesting space because it's it's um it's bringing it's bringing the v- digital world closer to the physical world because it's um it's one thing that i have felt a little bit weird about <clears throat> the virtual space and maybe even one of the reasons why social media has been such a um well, it's got its positive aspects, but one of the reasons why it's been so negative is because social media, in a sense, is so abstracted yes. from the real world. And I feel like this idea of digital mm-hmm. twins can bring the virtual world and the real world closer together. And maybe that can do some good for the the digital space and how humans interact with it.
0: Absolutely. And I mean,
1: that that is the, it's,
0: hopefully it's one of the goals and it's one of the outcomes that, that we will achieve through mm-hmm. this and not some weird black mirror type of doomsday scenario yeah. <laughs> knowing I people, think if we put that you know, uh, really yeah, in it.
2: the hands of humanity I'm a bit uh, scared
0: <laughs> oh no alright yeah that's a good point contrasting can
1: alright well look Chad I think this has been an amazing discussion you've like i think the thing that was really stood out stood out about this discussion is how many practical and tangible <laughs> apart from the robe yes oh, that was okay. definitely a <laughs> highlight um but the amount of practical and and actionable both thoughts the tips and some of your experiences that i think we could take away because innovation is definitely a space oh, where you God. can just fall into a sea of buzzwords and so it's a good it's it's yeah. like a refreshing Experience to kind of get really practical about it, so I really appreciate that, and I appreciate your time um, joining us. Uh, Maybe before you. we close, is there like, let's say, somebody wants to follow along, you know, your your innovative journey or sort of like some of the things that you do? Where can they find or follow you? Definitely on
0: on LinkedIn.
1: Um, I mean, it's it's my name. Um, <laughs> just search it on
0: LinkedIn. Look for the innovation lead guy with the. I am not wearing the pink robe though, so okay. just. <laughs> Pop that out, and then yeah, the pink ribbon is not on my LinkedIn profile. Um, so, but, but yeah, I, I, I do like to, to post there. I, I love the LinkedIn Learning. Um, the courses on there are absolutely amazing. I'd recommend anyone to at least do the the thirty day free trial. It, it costs you literally nothing, and there's so much that you can learn. A lot of the the fundamental decisions that I've made on on innovation management, and even managing my team comes
1: from comes yeah. from that so can definitely recommend that sure. but yeah, amazing that. chad thank you so much for your time um it's been amazing for everybody listening it's been great thank you very much and enjoy what's left of your day thank you thank you so much i just want to end off with
0: with one last thing i want to thank you guys as well thank you for for inviting me um i mean this was a, a heck mm-hmm. load of fun um, oh, almost like wow. shifting. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> that's alright. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd I, I really encourage anyone that has anything to to say to to join this podcast. I mean, it's it's incredible. You guys are super fun to to joke around with and <laughs> talk to. So, yeah,
1: thank you for having me. It's on a Thanks
2: for the kind words.
1: And to everyone listening, <laughs> thank you. And we are out.